and Lynn. And today we are discussing the book to movie adaptation of The Immortal Life of <laughs> Henrietta Lacks. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. Hila. 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 Why is everything Hila. a song with Hila. you? Hila. Because you can go go. She's over here grooving. <laughs> um, the Immortal Life of Henry and Lax was written by Rebecca Scloot. 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 Y'all are definitely related. I was definitely going for like the younger, the shoot. Me too. <laughs> and they were going for the 1990s version. Bingo. I actually was starting off with the Whitney Houston waiting to a cell. I was too. Actually. But then you went salt pepper on me. Yeah. yeah. Always. It's a whole big thing here. Okay. <laughs> um, the movie was produced by Catherine Dean. The screenplay was written by George Wolfe, Alexander Wu. And Peter Landsman. Alexander Wu did something else, which I can't remember what it did was. Did you say Wu or Alexander Wu? <laughs> 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 um, I love this book. Second time reading, third time reading the book. Um, very, very, very intense. Um, and a history lesson at the same time. I did enjoy the book. Y'all know how I am with the history. I'm not, because I didn't expect it. If I don't expect history lesson, then it's like, what? It was great, great book. It really was. Especially being from the area. All of us are yes. from the Virginia, Maryland area where all these places are just so local and tangible. They're real. I mean, I lived in Baltimore for five years in college and just to know these places that she actually frequented. I mean, I've been in John Hopkins to get health care before, too. So just to know it's so local and then it's a history of well black history but also local history is big to me mm-hmm. and then being able to go up there and ride around and just look on the streets to see what they look like now and almost knock on the door of certain people because you look at the numbers on the streets yeah, i never did that that sounds like a stalker <laughs> because i'm gonna tell you you know henrietta lax is one of those books where you know how i get you became um, part of the movie. The book I became part of the you book. Were you her sixth child? Absolutely. Oh, okay. I remember years ago when we read this the first time. Like I literally could not remove myself from that story. Um, I went to work upset. Um, I mad about everything. <laughs> mad about everything. Um, just you know, just feeling proud, um, but also upset because, you know, the whole storyline, um, Rebecca did such a good job. I just don't understand how she was able to continue on doing her research at certain points. I mean, I know there are things that were dramatized for the movie, but just having to deal with some of the behaviors of the family and to continue on, like hats off to her. Also, just being able to really get to the root of what happened to them. You know, it was it's just if you have not read this, you need to read it. You need to get your history lesson. If you are someone who has opinions about cross races, you need to understand what is actually being injected into you to help you fight all of these horrible diseases and what has cured you of any kind of with vaccinations or whatever. I just honestly, I just think everybody needs to understand this storyline. Well, this book was actually recommended to me by one of my best friends who is white. Mm-hmm. And she bought this book for every female person that she had in her life. Mm-hmm. I think she bought like seven or eight copies. Mm-hmm. 
and she recommended it to me. And for one, I couldn't put it down. But for one, I was thankful that she got me a copy of it. But to know that someone of a different race could be so touched and moved by the culture, for one, but for two, what was done to our culture, it's just like, it makes you kind of realize that like, you know, the world is not as segregated as it's portrayed in the media. We're all connected somehow, right? Yes. <laughs> Even for those who think they are segregated. Mm -hmm. Really, you're not. We're in ya. <laughs> so like, um, I always tell the story, like uh, when I first started working um, for the National Institutes of Health, this was this book was recommended to me by the director of National Institutes of Health. And mm -hmm. well, the first thing that was going through my head was like, okay, right, there's just getting ready to be all of this over the top scientific talk. And they were assured me that it was plain language. And I didn't know a lot about the history of a lot of science and all of that stuff. So reading it, it just blew my mind. I've got the book and I think it rotated through every female in the family. Do you remember we were going to take a road trip to Virginia so mm -hmm, that we could see, mm -hmm, go to Lastville mm -hmm, or whatever? Mm -hmm. Overly and all that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we never did, but I did become obsessed with the book, but I didn't become one with the book, similar to Rhea. But it was such a great story, and the fact that it's based on real life and real characters just blew my mind. The amount of history that goes along with this, um, again, is something that everyone needs to understand. There's one part in the book, because the book, well, the book in general, for those of you that don't know, the book is about um, HeLa cells and science and how um, this woman, Henrietta Lacks, she basically um, is was sort of the, the mother of all science scientific experiments because it was her cells that were pretty much stolen from her and used in scientific research. But there was a line in the book that I tell you every time I read it just hurt my heart with, with the daughter when she made oh. the comment that, you know, well, my mom's cells saving all these lives. And it's just crazy because her kids can't even afford to go to the doctors. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear it, I just want to cry. Like, it's so sad. All the money that was made off of her mom's cells by scientists across the world. And they got none of it. And, and they, you know, also, they didn't get any of it back then. You have the stories done. You have the reports out. You get more and more documentation. And still, to this day, nothing. Well, they've been recognized. NIH recognized them. Yeah, but recognition is different from let me take care of your children for the, you know, right. rest mm -hmm. of their lives. Well, Rebecca did when she wrote the book. So a lot of the proceeds from the book have been going directly to help some of the kids. And it's been funding college and then she 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 turned like one of the locations or something like that into some historical site or something like that um, in Clover. Okay. I think that's what she was one of the things she I was I don't remember to. that. That's cool though. I think at the end of the book it said something about that. But what's so sad is poor what's her name? Who was that? Deborah. Deborah freaking died before it came out. Like nine, nine months. months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, broke my heart. Right. It was just... Uh, and she was so passionately attentive to knowing all the facts that she could learn about her mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, her and Zachariah, I just... My heart hurt for the two of them. I mean, my heart hurts for all of them, but the two of them, I feel like, went through the most. Oh, yes. Um, because they really didn't even... Even Zachariah knew her, but, you know, they, she didn't get a chance to really know her. And then, oh, my goodness, when she learned everything about her poor sister. Mm. Mm, that was rough for me. It, it oh, was the hard. one that was put in the home? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Which was, ha you know, which was typical. That's what they did. If you had any kind of special need, they didn't know how to deal with you. They put you away somewhere. Um, but I... I am sure that they did so many experiments on that girl once they realized who her mother was. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
um, because, you know, they already went and took stuff from all the kids. You know, they had them believing that they were getting vaccinated for something when actually Mm -hmm. they were taking their blood to test it to see if, you know, they had, you know, more um, or had the same types of cells or maybe something even more powerful. I guarantee you her being in that home, they made a lot of money probably off of allowing the scientists to come in and do what they needed to do with her. Oh, 1000 percent. They did. I felt like it. It made you look at Johns Hopkins a little differently um, for how they are so popular now. But it's just like, oh, my God, you were still in people's cells. Well, I think the problem is not necessarily as much as they took them, because back then you didn't you didn't need permission. Right. You still don't. Um, and now you need permission, but you don't need you don't have to let somebody take whatever they've removed from you. You can say, no, I want to toss it or I want to do something. So you do have more rights over what comes out of your body. But back then they didn't have it. What's more tragic to me is the fact that they did it fine is so much stuff done in in the interest of science that we want them to continue to do it but the fact that you did not compensate them mm-hmm. once you realized what you had like that is what bothers me so much there's a lot of things that people um you know that hospitals and you know they test your blood they test your you get a biopsy they're going to take whatever that came you know what came out of you and they can do whatever they want with it if that's what you agree to allow them to do but if you do something that you make a profit from it just seems like you should have to compensate that family but you know in the book the husband said when they called and asked him he said nah but they used it anyway he did not. They never had permission to use her cells. He actually told right. them no, and they used it anyway. And so, to me, that's criminal. But I think they were using them already. I think so too. I mean, anything they took from her, they could do whatever they wanted with it at the time because she's the one who was granting permission. It's after she passed away and then they had to go to the rest of the family. Anything that they didn't have, you know, I don't know that you really have the ability to stop them from using it once they already have it. It's already their property. And it took only one drop to regenerate those crazy things. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was. So, um, what'd you guys think of the movie? I thought Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, Oprah's Deborah excellent. Lacks was absolutely amazing. But she's always been amazing in everything I've seen her in. Um, I really love how the book... So, reading the book and then anticipating the movie, I'm really glad that the movie was a story into how Rebecca wrote the book, as in she went through the research, meeting with the family, but then also still gave these flashbacks into Henrietta's life. Yeah. That she could portray from what she was told. So I like how it had both aspects. Yeah, her interviews with the older family members brought a lot of insight into um, Henrietta's life. Yes. And it's interesting because, I mean, we know how the book was written, and I'm assuming it, it, it was as true to the real um, timeline um, as it came across. But for Deborah, her family members really never talked to her about her mother until mm-hmm. Rebecca came in. It's like that time passed and now she convinced them, I'm trying to write a book. I'm trying to put this in the forefront. I'm trying to do this. That she learned more about her mother than she had known her whole life. And it's so sad. It's like she just grew her whole life missing that. And she knew her mom loved her. She knew her mom cared, but you know, they suffered. And she kept saying, you know, they suffered so much because their mom was gone. You know, when you think back, just a few dollars may have relieved somebody of 
somebody better to be able to take care of them. Like when their aunt finally did take them from the abusive one, you know, the, she they may not have ever even had to go there had there been some sort of compensation going on. Right. Because, um, of course, back then it was just more about I can't afford these three, four, five kids or whatever. Right. And you know, so. what made it worse is, you know, they trusted the preacher, whatever his name was, um, to come in, play by um, Courtney Vance. The long name, Sir yeah, Lord, Lord something. Yeah, something. Lord something, yeah. Sir Lord something. Um, he came in and kind of tricked them into trying to get to his mom's cells also and mm-hmm. then end up suing them. Right. The family at oh, the end. Was it was horrible. the you know the laws back then was crazy and he was a terrible human being which made Deborah even more you know suspicious of everyone because they've already been taken advantage of originally and then he comes along and it's just like who do you trust you know so I understood her going back and forth with trusting Rebecca at one point and not trusting her you know because she's been through so much well, she also that has whole, some mental issues that too. whole right. family just went through so much abuse mm-hmm. it was, oh it's just so bad I know when she talked about what, went, what Zachariah went through being beat all the time and then she was raped and but one thing I can say is I was you know in the book it didn't necessarily say how many times incidents had happened, but when it happened, that auntie came in here and took care of it. Yeah, no, they're leaving. The baseball bat and everything. <laughs> right. I love that she came that. and took her away from that situation. And I just took her. She took all of them. Yeah, that was awesome. I love how they made the red nail polish and the red lipstick so prominent in the movie because that was the one connection that she really knew about her mom was that she always had her nails painted she always like looked well and looked put together and that was the one thing that Henrietta Lacks really wanted to do with her daughter as she grew was to paint her nails and do her hair so I'm glad they put that correlation in there the colorism I mean the colors in the actual movie you know that whenever they showed her it was almost black or white Yes. Um, but when they switched to those specific things that were very critical about Henrietta, there's so much color. Like, it was really dull at certain scenes. And, of course, like you said, with the nails, toenails, and that was very bright. And then when she, she was dancing, up, when she went dancing, all yeah. of a sudden she had all this color to her. dress on. And then when they were on the Ferris wheel and she was telling them that she had cancer, you know, she it brightened up. So I just thought that was neat how they how they um, were I able to portray that. I think I paid that. attention to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to look for that again. Mm-hmm. What broke my heart in the book is when they described the picture of her sister, when they found that picture of her in the files. And she held on to it like it was just something, but mm-hmm. it was like a devastating picture. Like you could clearly see mm-hmm. she was tortured. Like right. that broke my heart. Me too. It was also amazing when they when they were able to bring Henrietta and Zachariah into John Hopkins and mm-hmm. they put the cells. Just, oh, it's just a projection. Projection. And they but, stood behind But they stood, stood in front, front of it, it just yeah. as if this is what my body is filled with. This is my mother. Yeah. And that just. Oh, you mean Deborah. 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 Sorry, and yeah. Deborah. It, that, it was. Sakaria. That was so moving. Yeah. Um. Because it almost kind of made it sometimes seem as though maybe Deborah wasn't as smart. But when you actually pay attention to what she was going through, it she's very smart. She knew what was going on. I mean, some mm-hmm. things were kind of cuckoo when they talked about they were flying them into space and stuff. I can see where that could just drive somebody insane. But the fact of the matter is this is someone who is, you know, so lost because she didn't have her mother growing up that those cells meant so much to her. Yeah. I mean, even the picture, which was so touching. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, 
just being in that scene that or scene even with her, her like holding it in her hands and being able to like mm-hmm. hold her mother mm-hmm. and how she felt that it was cold and she was like trying blowing to blow on it. it to like warm her mother mm-hmm. up it's a very touching scene to me mm-hmm. i feel like that's um when you say you said she she come across as like not all there or a little slow but back then thinking of like my mom's parents my grandparents and everything you know if you say oh, you know, they're cloning people. Back then, they tend to believe that they're cloning people. So right. she took that and ran with it because, you you know, back from my perspective, seeing my grandmother all believe the ancient tales or whatever, right. you know what I'm saying? So, but they were cloning people. They just right. weren't actually cloning an entire person from her mother's cells. But back then, they were cloning people. Oh, and then they were right. So what's so interesting is because when I gave that book to my mom to read... She was reading it and she says she remembers when she was little, they used to say stuff like, don't go out late at night because Hopkins Hopkins will come and get you. Mm -hmm. Because they were saying that they would just snatch black people off the streets and take them and do experiments Mm -hmm. on them. And she said that was like the thing, like you could not hang out late because Hopkins will come and get you. If you lived in the Maryland area, they did it all the time is basically because I remember that happened when we was at when we were at my grandfather's house having and he had alzheimer's that was one of the things that he was freaking out about shut the door lock the door shut the door lock the door because they're gonna snatch you i was like hopkins gonna get you (laughs) i don't know what's happening yeah my um my dad's um, parents lived in um baltimore and i remember we could not play outside past a certain time Mm -hmm. it also wasn't a great neighborhood but at the same time i remember hearing about getting snatched Mm -hmm. i mean i was young like five six seven so i don't remember it being john hopkins but i do remember talking about being snatched Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. and it all correlates basically because they actually believe that they snatched people off the streets and drug them in there and drugged them and i think they did which they probably did along with the my grandparents tell me i don't know how true this is but this made me feel like that it is true about not wanting to be or putting down that you're going to be an organ donor um i grew up waiting for me to get my license and turn 18 to so i could put no to being an organ donor because they say that they if you're if not they're gonna they're not gonna do everything they can if somebody else could use use your organs oh do everything oh, it's still so so now right exactly yeah it's still so i know now. but you I, you know this made me think that it really is true like i wasn't just listening to my grandparents kind of thing yeah it's kind of scary it is very yeah. scary you think you're doing a good thing but then you know somebody always has to there is some people that mess up yeah However, I am an organ donor because I'm going to save someone else's life. I'm a yeah, donor but once also. my time comes, I don't want you to let me go if it's a chance for me to live for... I don't actually believe that that happens anymore. I mean, I know, maybe when saying, it first yeah. started, but yeah, I'm going to be one. I don't know. I believe it. I still hear people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you guys think about the cast? I actually love the cast. I think they did a great job in picking them. I'm such a big fan of Rose Byrne. Um, Oprah Winfrey, I'm always a fan did an amazing job. She played, played Deborah Lax, okay? She did a really good job. She really did. And I love Courtney Vance. Always yes. love him. I didn't like him in this movie, but well, yeah. But we didn't <laughs> like him, which means that he was a good actor. Right, exactly. <laughs> Reg Kathy, is that what his name is? Who? Zachariah. Was good. I mean, I was like, I'm kind of scared of him. He did a really good job. He's too. a good actor. I've seen him in a few other things. Figure out what else Rose was in. Was she in Bridesmaids? Yes, she was. Oh, okay, yeah. yes. All right. I yeah. watched that today. Yes. <laughs> like, what do I know Rose yeah. from? Okay. 
So I'm not familiar with most with the rest of the actors that were in that movie. But. I know the guy um, Rocky Carroll who played Sonny Locks. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in a, uh, a few movies. Also, he's a good actor. And her uncle, he's been in a lot. I can't remember who the uncle that was praying with her. Remember yeah. when she started freaking out mm-hmm. and he grabbed her and was yeah, praying. Yeah, he has played in a lot. Um, yeah. Praying for her to, you know, get that spirit out and of so her. So is Day. He played in a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day Lax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to the rating. I, Champagne, give this a full glass. It was, for the most part for me, just like the movie. I mean, just like the book, so. I give it a full glass too. This is Raya. I give it a full glass. I loved the book. I... Not that my first time reading it, I will read it again. The movie was great, great adaptation, so full glass from Lynn. Full glass from Treva. That's another bottle. And what are we drinking? We are drinking Barefoot Sweet Red. I personally am not a big fan of sweet wines, but the others in the podcast are. Yum, yum. Love me some sweet wine. Yeah. I like sweet. It's okay. I had a draw stuff. Yeah, I, I will take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, like, subscribe, follow. I'm not following that train of thought. What? Do, do we want to have to break this down for you right now? She said you can have that dry stuff. She said, oh, yeah, no, I'll take it. Got it. Go, Treva. Look at you interpreting. Because I pay attention. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Sorry. They're going to leave my day day alone. <laughs> I ain't talking about Zay at all. <laughs> I'm talking about just you. Break, break. <laughs> just just do little. <laughs> really? I'm hungry. Really? <laughs> really? I think we have reached the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us.